Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Monday, October 3rd, 2022, and today will be better than yesterday. I'm Buster Only, working from my home in Montana after an interesting weekend in Atlanta. Sarah Abbott is working from the Sarah Abbott Studios in Connecticut and returning to us, Taylor Schwenk, who had been on vacation last week, tweeting out all kinds of pictures because he was all over the world. Uh, I think, uh, Taylor, you are ready to go for the postseason because it looked like you had a great vacation. It was a wonderful time. Uh, I am definitely happy to be home. You know, when you travel like that, it's exhausting. So I'm happy to be back in the studios. I'm ready for playoff baseball. And shout out to Bleacher Tweeter Gary Carr, who gave me an excellent beer bar recommendation in the Trastevere neighborhood of Rome there. So Bleacher Tweeters around the world helping a brother out. And uh, yeah, I had a good time, but happy to see your beautiful faces. Well, and you're coming back to baseball right at the perfect time, I must say, because there's so much great stuff going on. Uh, This was the last weekend of the regular season, and it was filled with great moments, like what happened in St. Louis on Sunday. First, there was this, Albert Pujols tacking on again. The one-strike pitch is hit high and deep to center field, backing up towards the track, looking up, and it's gone! Albert Pujols has homered! to straightaway center field. Home run number 702. And not only that, he just caught Babe Ruth in RBIs. I didn't even realize that until I heard that call from Ricky Horton on the Cardinals radio network about how he caught Babe Ruth in RBI. All right, in the fifth inning, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol went to the mound to make a change in three of them. In fact, he took out Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols, who all came off the field at the same time. Here's what it sounded like. The final time, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, in regular season play. Here it comes. Dan McLaughlin on the Cardinals television network. On Friday, there was this great moment. Here's what it sounded like on radio. Dan McLaughlin on the Cardinals television network. On Friday, there was this great moment. Here's what it sounded like on radio. The 3-2 pitch swing and a drive. Deep to right field. Stay fair. Holy smokes, he did it. Off the hit in air cafe. Cal Raleigh with a walk-off home run. How sweet it is. The Mariners end the 20-year drought. What a moment for the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. You love uh, all of that for Mariners fans. That from Rick Riz, Seattle Sports, 7, 10 a.m. We're going to hear the television call later in the podcast. The Blue Jays and Rays have also clinched playoff spots in the American League. In the National League, the Phillies worked to hold off the Brewers for the final wild card spot over the weekend. This is Kyle Schwarber on Sunday. Let's go. Pitches it sharply through the vacated hole on the left side, and this is going to score all three. It's a three-run single, and the Phillies have busted it up, and as Bryson Stott hurdles over Gene Segura, Segura, for some reason, slid. Guess he wanted to get his uniform dirty. Tom McCarthy on the Phillies television network. The Padres have clinched a playoff spot for the first time in a full season since 2006. 
Here's Manny Machado from the Padres celebration in their locker room. Congratulations, Manny. How exciting is this for you guys? Oh, man, it's awesome, man. It's something that these guys have worked hard for. We've all worked hard for, you know, to be in this situation. So it's been, uh, you know, it's a blessing that we made it here. It's just the beginning. Um, you know, we got some unfinished business. In New York, Yankee Stadium, a milestone did not happen because Aaron Judge did not hit his 62nd homer of the season. Here he was against the Orioles, bottom of the second inning on Sunday. Did he go? Yes, he did. This time he did. And Judge strikes out for the second time today. Michael Kay on the Yes Network. Here he was batting in the fifth inning. Here's the pitch. It was ball four. Judge seemed like he didn't want to walk. And that was 111 walks for Aaron Judge on this season. After the Orioles beat the Yankees 3-1 to on Sunday, Judge was asked about resting up for the postseason. Well, I'd like to play every day, maybe not both the doubleheader games, but um, you know, we got quite a few games, quite a few days off after the season for the wild card and you know, leading up to the DS. So you know, that's, when, that's when I'll kind of rest right there. Judge was asked about if he's feeling the pressure to hit number 62. Uh, no pressure, no pressure. Um, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, hit it at home and, you know, do something special like that for the home fans. But, you know, end of the day, you know, I got a job to do. I got, you know, my bats getting ready for the postseason. So, um, you know, it didn't happen, but, you know, we, season's not over yet. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. And the best seat experience may have been what the Braves fan felt over the weekend in Truist Park. Atlanta went into the weekend trailing the Mets by a game in the National League East. All the Mets really needed over the three days was one win to clinch the tiebreaker and put themselves in a commanding position going into the final days of the season. But on Friday night, the Braves jumped all over Jacob deGrom. Swinging a belt to straightaway center and deep. Nimmo racing back to the track at the wall, and it's gone. And just like that, this game is tied. Number 38 for Austin Riley. Swinging a blast to right center field and deep. Nimmo back, looking up, and they have gone back to back. That one clears the Atlanta bullpen in right center field. A towering blast from Matt Olson makes it 2-1 Braves. Fastball blasted to left center field. Canna going back on this one to the warning track, to the wall, and there it goes. Halfway up into the seats in left center field, a solo homer for Dansby Swanson. And the Braves have three solo homers and a 3-1 lead. Yeah, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Dansby Swanson all went deep against Jacob DeGrom. So the Braves take game one of the series. On Saturday, Swanson and Olsen were at it again, this time against future Hall of Famer Max Scherzer. There goes the runner. The 3-2 is hit high in the air to left center field and deep. Nimmo going back to the track, to the wall, and it's gone! And the Braves are in front for the first time tonight. 3-2 Atlanta, number 24 for Swanson, a two-run shot. Swinging a long drive, right field, sending Naquin back to the warning track. At the wall, he waits for a carom, but it's gone. It just clears. Tucks in over the wall into the chop house seats. Number 32 for Olsen, it's 4-2 Atlanta. So with that win on Saturday, the Braves took a one-game lead in the National League East, and all the pressure was on the shoulders of the Mets' Chris Bassett on Sunday 
because uh, the Mets needed to make up a game and to take the tiebreaker between the two teams uh, as they move forward in these last days of the regular season. And early on, the Mets built a 3-1 lead over Charlie Morton, first with help from Daniel Vogelbach. Swing and a high fly ball drilled out towards right field. Acuna going back, looking up, and that one is gone. Vogelback matches Swanson, and we're starting over. 1-1 for Vogelback, his 18th. Swing and a ground ball right side. It squirts through, base hit. Here's Alonzo around third. He's on his way to the plate. He'll score. Making his way to third is Escobar. It's an RBI single for Vogelback, and the Mets lead 3-1. to one. And with the Mets threatening for more, there was a crucial play by Braves third baseman Austin Riley. Give a listen. Next low roll for Escobar coming. Riley lets it go. Oh. How smart was that? That is thinking ahead right there, taking a gamble. He was not going to get Canada first base. Yeah, it was a really smart play by Riley because after he let the ball go foul, um, it saved the Braves a run in that moment. It also gave Charlie Morton a chance to pitch out of the inning, and here's what happened. Slow roller. No one's there at first. Morton now races over, and he beats McCann to the bag as Olsen went over. But for a while, it looked like McCann might end up winning that race. And the Braves began to come back. Bastion to 3-1. Outside ball four. He walked in a run. Arcia will come across. Olsen accepts his second walk. Swing and a ground ball. That's a base hit up the middle. In to score Acuna. Riley on his heels. And the Braves have taken the lead. It's 4-3. As Darno punched it back up the middle for a two-run single. Yep, Bassett did not make it out of the third inning in the series. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett combined for 14 to third innings, 11 runs, six homers, a combined 6-9-1 ERA. Matt Olson applied the coup de grace against reliever Seth Lugo. Swing and a high fly ball, drill. Right field and forget it. That one way back and gone. And Olson is homered in all three games of this series. And this is what it sounded like in the ninth inning. Swing and a ball ripped right field. Acuna back, back some more, makes the grab and pumps his fist. The Braves have swept the Mets. And so a big weekend for the Atlanta Braves right after the game. Dansby Swanson spoke with John Anderson. First off, take me through the juice that was in the ballpark this weekend because I get that the pennant's at stake, but there's a safety net for both you guys. You're going to the playoffs. But, but but the excitement seemed really palatable. Oh, yeah, our fans uh, have always been fantastic. They uh, they showed out this entire season. I think we had over 3 million fans. Uh, they, they, they love the Braves, and we love them. Uh, we were glad that we could put on a good performance for them this weekend, but still a lot of work left to do, and, uh, you know, we'll get back at it tomorrow. Uh, it seems like all of September we were building to this series as you guys closed in on the Mets. How did you stay in the moment and not get too far ahead and make sure that you had your best baseball for this weekend? Well, I think that's something this, that this team does such a great job of is each and every day the mentality is to win. Uh, to win at all costs, to do whatever we need to do to win, uh, pick each other up. Uh, and, and when you go about it that, and with that kind of attitude, good things are going to happen. And, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where you're not going to overlook anybody. You're not going to look forward to a, a certain series. It's all about playing our best baseball because we know if we do that, then we got, we got a chance to be successful uh, at a very high level. 
Brian Snitker spoke after the game about what it felt like winning on Sunday. Oh, it feels great. I mean, we're went away um, from accomplishing our goal when we left spring training. Um, yeah, this is about as exciting and emotional and uh, series as I think as I've ever been a part of. Even all the playoff series and everything, this was something else. I mean, just the stadium, the support from the fans, um, <clears throat> everything. I mean, this, this was one of the bigger ones I kind of feel I've ever been a part of. Here's Buck Walter. I can do that for quite a while, but I'm moving on to the national, so to speak. Kind of the same things that uh, we expect our guys to do and we, we've talked about. But uh, they pitched a little better than we did, and they swung the bats a little bit better than we did. We ballpark, but that's been the case with with them all year. But, uh, you know, they beat us one more time than we beat them this year. And, you know, we uh, our, our guys were having a good year. It didn't work for us the last three games. Buster, everyone, quickly, before we move on, and talk to Tim Kirkshin. You can also watch Buster and Tim converse on ESPN's YouTube page as we've done throughout the entirety of this baseball season and will continue to do so throughout the rest of it, throughout the postseason. Check it out on ESPN's YouTube page. You should follow that page as well as this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. If you've yet to do so already, it's hugely helpful for us, if you are following the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I'm an overcast guy personally. And lastly, a new ESPN and Omaha Productions podcast, Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, Jimmy Kimmel Live personality, Cousin Sal Iacono and his three childhood friends, lovingly known as the Degenerate Trifecta, break down the world of gambling across a variety of sports. Each week, the guys offer up odds, analysis, and their best bets. And they talk to celebrities and Vegas experts. That's Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Follow the show wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. 
seam heads rejoice. This is Timmy time. Baseball is the greatest game. With Tim Kirkson. It never disappoints you. On Baseball Tonight. Tim Kirkson covers baseball for ESPN. And Tim, uh, that means today you're at Camden Yards getting ready for the playoffs. Going to talk to a bunch of Blue Jays today? Yeah, a good chance that I'll be on, it looks like at the moment at least, Seattle at Toronto for that wild card series that could change. The Rays aren't done. Anything could happen. There could be movement. But that's how I see it. So the the Blue Jays are here in Baltimore, 45-minute drive from my house. So I came in today and tomorrow to see the Blue Jays, talk to a bunch of players, and try to get ready for Friday if they're playing in Toronto. So I got a lot to talk with you about today. So much the Braves sweep of the Mets over the weekend. What that means, the uh, you know the the dis, uh, looking at the Mets as we go into the postseason potentially. We had that great moment in St. Louis. Albert Wainwright Molina coming off the field together. Tony Larusa, uh, as you and I talk, he's expected to announce his retirement today. Um, but first, because because you're with the Blue Jays, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Uh, I've been asked this question, I'm sure you have too, a lot about seeding in the American League playoffs. Maybe there's a special advantage uh, to being, for example, the sixth seed in the American League because that would mean that you play the Guardians. Or maybe, you know, it's in a, a disadvantage to go to Toronto. Give me a read on that because the more that I think about it, the more that I see the Guardians, I'm not sure that that's a fight you necessarily want to take on. I'm actually toying with the idea of picking the Guardians to go to the American League Championship Series over the Yankees. I, I think that uh, the Guardians are going to win their first and second round. Tell me what your your view on that is. Well, I'm not going to say go that far, but they're 22-5 and five since Labor Day. They can really pitch. When they can go Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, 1-2-3, they've got a shot to beat anybody with that. The guy at the end of the game throws 100. Nobody can hit him. As we know, Buster, they offensively, they're different than most every team. They strike out less than any team. They hit more sacrifice flies. They play little ball better. They put a ball in play better than anyone else. It's so different the way they play that maybe they become a a difficult matchup. Plus, their manager, Terry Francona, has been here more than almost anybody. He knows how to get this team ready. But the bottom line is, They've been the best team in the American League since Labor Day, and I wouldn't put anything past the Guardians. I wouldn't want any part of them right now. Uh, And could I see them getting to the ALCS? Yes, I could. Would I pick it at the moment? Probably not, but I really like that team. It's hard not to with the way they've been playing. And I do think Terry Francona is going to be a factor, Tim, like potentially. Uh, You know, in my time covering baseball, and we'll talk about Tony La Russa in, in a little bit, um, you know, there were a handful of managers to me who I felt like in a big moment in a big series could make a difference. Bruce Bochy was one when he managed the Giants. I thought the way he ran their bullpen was unbelievable. I think Terry Francona is out of the same cloth. What about you? Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame manager right now, no matter what happens the rest of his career. He never panics. 
He understands people as well as any manager I've ever met. The way he dealt with us, Buster, in his one year at ESPN, he still knows all those people from, you know, every associate director and everything else from, you know, 11 years ago because he has such a great connection with people and is the absolute best at taking the pressure off of his players and deflecting it somewhere else, including onto himself and his use of humor, which is like no one I've ever met in my baseball writing career uh, is a real important thing. And he just understands people in the game as well as anyone. And that's why there will be no chance his team will panic even as young as it is at this time of year. All right. A seismic shift in baseball occurred in Atlanta over the weekend where the Braves basically wiped out the Mets, uh, swept the series. They're in a commanding position now to win the National League East. Tell me what you saw in that series. Well, I saw a great Braves team, okay? They beat DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett back-to-back-to-back. They hit back-to-back homers off of Jacob DeGrom. They hadn't done that since 2000. He hadn't done that since 2019. They beat Max Scherzer when he had a lead, and they knocked Chris Bassett around pretty well last night. That guy is a really good pitcher. Just another reminder, Buster, the Braves are a better team than they were at this time last year. Spencer Strider, when he comes back, Michael Harris, other options that they have. I really like that team, but to watch Dansby Swanson in the biggest moments come up with the biggest hits, we should not be surprised anymore by what that guy does. And here is, you know, Matt Olson with a home run in four straight games and, you know, five homers in the last six games. At the most important times, those guys were there. And this is not a criticism of the Mets. The Mets are going to win 100 games. They were not overwhelmed by the Braves. They just got beat by a better team. And that's what I saw this weekend. Yeah, and I'd say this, too. And I, you know, started to have these conversations with Dansby Swanson uh, during the postseason last year. We, we talked about it again on Sunday. I really think that now their experience in the postseason is becoming a significant weapon for them. Uh, and I asked Dansby about that. I said, tell me about your perspective about how you guys handled big moments, you know, playoff games when you first started this little run that you guys are on to now where you've been in two National League Championship Series, you've won a World Series, you played in big games. And he talked about it becomes part of your DNA. Like you expect not only to win games, but you expect to win games at a high level and it felt that way this weekend. And by the way, it's not like the Mets don't have guys who, who know how to win big games. You, you know, Max Scherzer, DeGrom, you know, those guys have been in the World Series before. They've had success in big moments. But even the youngest Braves, Tim, look so comfortable in these tense moments. And that's why this team really does remind me of the last team to win back-to-back championships, the 98-2000 Yankees, who I covered because I always felt like that when they got into October – that experience became a significant weapon. What do you think? And and you were there, Buster, in 2001 when the Mariners won 116 games. And I remember people whispering before that series, they're not going to beat the Yankees because the Yankees have been here many, many times before. And a lot of those men, not a criticism of the Mariners. It was just what a playoff experience really means and that's what the Braves have now. Dansby Swanson is the only player to start every game this season for his team 
and it shows in the way all of those guys play. I think they have a faith in themselves that this is our time of year. Yes. We haven't had a team, you know, repeat since that 98, that 98 through 2000 Yankee team. I think this team is good enough to do that. And boy, did they show that over the weekend. Yeah, they played great. They pitched great. And I, I you know, I just as someone who loves baseball and loves uh, specific plays and how important they could be, Yesterday, in that game last night, a pivotal moment for me was that decision by Austin Riley to not pick up that little roller down the third base line. Tim, which, as I'm watching it play out, it doesn't even occur to me that he might just say, you know what, I'm going to let it go because they can't make that play. And he winds up having the ball go foul, it felt like, by about a half an inch. And you could see Joey Cora is one of the smartest people in baseball, third base coach for the Mets, like, his physical reaction was like, ah! But it felt like if Austin Riley doesn't do that, that game may have played out completely differently. What'd you see on that play? Yeah, well, first off, that's a pet peeve of mine, Buster. The ball is rolling down the third baseline, and the third baseman has to recognize, if I try to field this ball, I'm never going to get the guy. So it's a better chance to let it go. Maybe it hits a pebble and kicks into foul territory before it gets to the bag. Austin Riley recognized that. I can't throw him out at first base on this, so I'm going to let it roll, even though it might be obvious that it's going to be fair. Let it go. What's the harm? That's a really smart play. That is a really smart baseball team that the Braves have and you're right that play might have helped turn that game and as we know that game meant the whole season the winner of that game is going to win the east and it was the Braves in part because they played so well and they were smart yeah it gave Charlie Morton a chance to breathe uh and it's a chance to work through the stuff that he was going you know falling behind the count as Brian Snicker said during the course of the game he recovered they come back and win and, of course, they were using home runs, Tim, which to me, you know, when I watch the Mets, I, there's there's nothing, you know, but, but when we met with Buck Showalter before the game, he basically said in so many words, I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for a team that's going to win 100 games. And I think that's exactly the right perspective. But I would say, as you watch these two teams play now, it does feel like a great middleweight fighting a great heavyweight because the Braves hit a ton of home runs since June 1st. The Braves have 179 home runs, and the Mets have 117 home runs. I just don't know if that's something the Mets can overcome as we go through the postseason. What do you think? Yeah, and I'm an old man, Buster, and I enjoy trying to score runs in different ways, manufacturing and all that. But let's face it, in today's day and age, if you don't hit it out of the ballpark, you're going to have trouble winning some games. And the Braves are better than the Mets at hitting the ball out of the ballpark. They can go one through nine in that order with somebody who can go deep, and the Mets just don't have that. That doesn't mean the Mets can't beat the Braves or anyone else in the playoffs. It doesn't mean the Mets can't win the World Series. But in today's day and age, when push comes to shove, if you have a team that can hit it out of the ballpark, you have a leg up on a lot of other teams. All right, the Mets are going going to be a, a central focus, there's no doubt, assuming that the, the Braves win the National League East and the Mets play the Padres in the first round, the wild card round. They will be the central focus because of the phenomenal season they have because the stars they have in their rotation. Tell me what you see in them and, and what you uh, – you know, and you know Buck Showalter so well. What you envision he's going to do as we go into the next few days getting ready for the postseason? 
Well, it's a fascinating look at the Mets because Jacob deGrom, still, when he throws it right, he's the best pitcher in baseball. His stuff is absurd, and it hasn't been absurd lately. 21 innings, last 21 innings, I believe, 15 earned runs. Again, back-to-back homers on that Friday night. We all know from the numbers from the last two years, he's better when he's got five full days rest or more rather than just pitching on four days rest. So I think as you look at the Mets, they still have a chance to be overpowering with their starting pitching, but I think they have to be extra careful how they use Jacob deGrom so they can get the very best out of him. I would start him in game one, Scherzer in game two, Bassett in game three, and see where it takes me. But I would always have an eye on deGrom. When are we going to pitch him next? When is he going to be at his best? Is it four days rest? Or is it five or six? And it's tricky on five or six when you get to this time of year, especially with no off days in between, basically. Yeah, and and you know, Buck, he's not going to tell us exactly all the factors that were going into his decision, how he you know shook up his rotation a little bit going into that series. I think there are guys dealing with physical issues. I didn't think Chris Bassett looked comfortable last night. Uh, he shrugged his shoulders, you know, sort of stretching out the neck. I, I felt like something was going on with him. We probably, you know, knowing what a great pro he is, we're not going to find out anything until after the season's over. Max Scherzer made reference in an uh, interview with Ken Rosenthal that he's looking forward to the offseason to, you know, work on his oblique that he injured early in the year. That would imply that that might be an issue now. Um, that Those are going to be things that they're going to have to overcome. For me, Tim, going into the postseason, the guy absolutely who they're going to need to have a big series to get through the Padres is Francisco Lindor. Like he needs to be an impact guy offensively because they don't have a lot of guys with thump in that lineup. Yeah. And let's not forget the Padres have made a nice little comeback here after a very ragged stretch. And when you can throw Musgrove and Darvish and especially Blake Snell lately, oh my goodness, his stuff is sensational right now. That is a very dangerous team. Now, we all thought they'd be dangerous because Tatis Jr. would give them the greatest lineup we've ever seen, even though I never believed that. But now they're really, really dangerous because their starting rotation is potentially dominant. And Josh Hader has figured it out at least last six or seven times out uh, at the end of the game, and they can still score some runs. So I, you know, I'm not saying the Padres are going to beat the Mets or anybody else. I'm just saying – I wouldn't want any part of the Padres right now because of those three starters they can start in a three-game series. So tell me what you think about the Mariners returning to the postseason for the first time in 21 years. Well, I, I loved it, Buster. I mean, Ricky Henderson and Harold Baines and Jesse Orozco were all active the last time that the the Mariners made the playoffs. I mean, that's a long time ago, a historically long Time ago, I love Scott Service stood at home plate smoking a cigar and said, you know, let's let's go party or whatever he said. I love the reaction of that team. I love that they won on a walk off pinch hit home run by a chunky catcher who can really hit, by the way. I love that team, the way they play the game. And let's not forget, Buster, what a terrible start they got off to. I I think a lot of people buried them in April, and they made a beautiful comeback. Now they have an elite infield defense, a terrific bullpen, 
and they have three, maybe four starters that could give you hell. So I'm not saying they're going to win the, the pennant and play the Dodgers or someone in the, in the World Series. I'm telling you again, I wouldn't want any part of the Mariners right now with the way they're playing. How about uh, Oliver Marmol, the first-year manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, and the moment that he constructed on Sunday taking out Albert Pujols with 702 career homers and Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina at the same time? What would you think? Well, it's just another reminder that Ali Marmol really gets it, Buster. You know, I, I always wonder, eh, you haven't managed before in the big leagues. You know, you got three guys on your team older than you. Are you ready for this? He's clearly ready for this because he gets it. He understands yep. not just not just how to manage a game and what people are like, but he understands the moment of the game. To let Albert pitch in that game that night was was amazing. To let Yadier Molina pitch. Most managers wouldn't do that. But he recognized, I think this is good for them, and therefore it's good for our team. And for him to recognize that a well, he maybe didn't know this, but from the day that Molina and Albert and Wainwright made their major league debut until yesterday, over 6,000 games were played. And that's, that's the longest streak in history with three teammates from the first game they played together in the regular season to the last game. And, and I think Oliver Marmol understood that. And I love what he did. So he's the current Cardinals manager, former Cardinals manager, Tony La Russa, uh, on his way out after a two-year stint with the White Sox. And I was thinking about this, Tim. I'm going to write a piece for .com how Albert Pujols really you know, reminded everybody with this incredible finish that he had playing with the Dodgers last year, this year with the home run derby, and this great run of power down the stretch. He reminded everybody that he's an inner circle Hall of Famer. I feel like that Tony La Russa, uh, what happened the last two years in his time managing the White Sox, unfortunately is going to obscure just how great a manager he was uh, in his career. Um, to me, I think make a case he's the best manager ever. Uh, but I think, you know, what's happened the last two seasons, unfortunately, kind of clouds that. What do you think? Well, Joe McCarthy is the best manager ever, but Tony LaRusso, only two guys have won more games than Tony LaRusso in history. Only two guys have managed more games than Tony LaRusso in history. And Tony LaRusso is an inner circle manager. And I don't care what happened in Chicago. I think in the last two years, especially this year, now it wasn't pretty. We all understand that. And it's going to be a minor black mark on his record. But let, let's also understand when he's, when he stepped down or when he got sick, they still had a chance to make the playoffs, and that team went south again. That team was just not ready to win this year with injuries and everything else. So I think it's good that Tony La Russa is going to be able to say, I'm retiring rather than being fired in some situation because I don't think he deserved that. He, he, he's, uh, he, you know, he has some health issues, and I think he should be the one that makes that determination, and I think it was the right thing that he did. All right, Tim. Uh, well, I, we're, we're getting geared up, huh? We're here. We're at the yeah. end of the season. Again, Buster, I, I'm the worst, but there's nothing better than October baseball. And you saw October baseball yes. the last three nights in Atlanta. And I'll never forget, I just watching you on TV last night, how jazzed you were to be in that ballpark for what was a regular season game. 
We're going to ramp that up starting Friday. I love the new format. We're going to have some tremendous matchups. Look at those National League teams. Look at what's going on in the American League right now. A wonderful October, November is ahead, and I, I can't wait for it to start. All right. Tim, thanks for doing this. All right. Thank you, Buster. See you soon. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, reporter, producer from LB.com. Sarah, how you doing this week? I'm doing great, Buster. How are you? I'm doing okay. Just back in Montana after uh, having that uh, Sunday night game between the Braves and the Mets and seeing Atlanta sweep. Uh, in light of all the developments, yeah, you know, the Dodgers racking up victories and you know going, you know, by the end of the year, maybe finishing 112, 113. The Braves sweep the Astros running away with the number one seed in the American League. Who are you going to pick to be the uh, team to win the World Series once the playoffs start? Well, I reserve the right to change this by Friday morning before the postseason officially begins. But after what we've seen, I feel like we're headed for a rematch. And I really feel like this Braves team is going to repeat and win the World Series again. Yep. Totally agree. In fact, that's that's what I'm going to turn in. And I think I sort of began to lock in on that a few weeks ago, feeling like the way the Braves are coming together and the way the Astros are dominating, that we are, you know, potentially going to have uh, a repeat of, uh, of last year's World Series. All right, let's play the numbers game. Number three. Number three is three. So speaking of the Braves, Dan B. Swanson and Matt Olson each homered in all three games of that weekend series against the Mets. They became the second pair of teammates in Braves history to each homer in all games of a, of a series that went at least three games. They joined Eddie Matthews and Lee May in a series at the Giants in 1961 in the month of May. Number two. Number two is 100, so I'm picking them to win the World Series. You were just at Sunday Baseball, very key game. We're going to talk about the Braves twice. They won their 100th game last night, becoming just the seventh team in the divisional era, which goes back to 1969, to win at least 100 games as a defending World Series champ. The max they could get to right now is 103, which would be tied for the second most by any defending champ in that span. 
number one? Number one is 94. So you mentioned the Dodgers before, and of course, they're really good. We don't want to overlook them. One thing that they have already clinched today as of the afternoon of October 3rd, they have 94 wins this season by multiple runs. That is the most wins by multiple runs by any team in a single season in the history of baseball. And they still have games left. So again, that number is 94. That's the 2022 Dodgers. All right, Sarah. Um, in the Bleacher Tweets this, uh, this, uh, today, we're going to have one that makes reference to the question of whether or not the, the Mets you know, try to sign DeGrom. Do they go after Judge? Uh, after watching the Mets over the weekend, I don't think there's any doubt. Like, if you look at what's going to be available to Steve Cohen and the Mets in the offseason, Aaron Judge would check every box for them and for every other team, but for an owner who uh, seems to be willing to spend just about anything to win a championship, there's no doubt Judge would give the, the Mets exactly what that team needs because we saw the power disparity with the Braves. Yes? Absolutely. I mean, you were tweeting on, was it Friday, about the difference in home runs between these two teams since the beginning of June. I know you mentioned on the broadcast last night as well, the Braves have the most home runs in baseball since the start of June. The Mets are right around the middle of the pack, tied for 15th in that span. Pete Alonso has 40 home runs. He hits a lot of them. But overall, the Mets do not score a ton of runs via the home run. Aaron Judge would certainly change that. And again, we've seen this year with the fact he's in the running for a triple crown, this is not a one-dimensional hitter. He's a guy who's going to hit a lot of home runs and also be in the conversation for a batting title. Really feels like that's the firepower that honestly this lineup has been missing a lot of the year, even though they have won 98 games, but certainly what they'll be looking for in the offseason. Can you imagine, can you imagine if the Mets and Yankees got into a bidding war over Aaron Judge? Because, you know, in all the time I've covered baseball, there have been times when the Mets have been the predominant team. There have been a lot of years in which the Yankees are the predominant team. Both clubs went after premier free agents, but Sarah, it never felt like they really went head to head for a player and in a legitimate bidding war. I remember when Mike Messina was a free agent, the Mets got involved in that, but I think all along there was a feeling that Messina was going to wind up with uh, the Yankees. I know Mike felt that way. Um, there have been a couple of other instances in which they, they've talked to the similar players. It always felt like the Mets came in second on a lot of those premier guys. Can you imagine what it would be like a Mets-Yankees bidding war for Aaron Judge? I can't even imagine. And there's the fact that, you know, the guys you're making reference to, Mike Messina, I think of when Pedro Martinez was a free agent. Those were guys coming from another team. To be in a bidding war over a guy who started his career with the Yankees, a guy who was a Yankee thrown through at least right now, and the idea that the Mets are trying to turn him to the orange and blue. I mean, I think that just adds a whole other level to it. And it would just be incredible to see the energy at the Subway Series if that were to happen. 
even if we find out the Mets are in the running and he goes back to the Yankees, you know that'll add a little um to that series. No doubt about it. All right, Sarah, thanks for doing this. Thanks for your help on Sunday Night Baseball over the weekend and all year. Thank you so much. Always so great to work with you, and thank you for having me. Here's Dave Sims' call on television as the Mariners wrapped up their first playoff appearance in 21 years. Boy, a lot of anxious folks out here at the ballpark. 3-2 to Cal. The pitch from Acevedo. A drive feet to right field. Down the line. The Mariners win this game 2-1. The dream lives. They're going to the playoffs. The drought is over. Cal Raleigh. Wow. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Are you kidding me, Cal Raleigh? He gets a slider and hits it off the windows out there for his 26th home run of the year. That's right. The party is going on. Congratulations to the Mariners. A long season gets paid off with a trip to the postseason. That is beautiful. Mariners prints the wild card. A pinch hit home run by Cal Raleigh. He has been so big for this club in the second half. Two outs and a home run to send them to the postseason. On a 3-2 pitch, it doesn't get any better. A 3-2 slider. Amen, brother. (laughs) Wow. Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a Monday. Bleacher Tweets are brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Let's go to Corey Ruckert. At Corey R underscore 12, Corey writes in, is Pujols the best first baseman to ever play? Corey, that's a great point. You know, when you sent that, uh, you know, you reflexively sort of push back on it, but then you begin to think about other first basemen. And the first name that always comes to mind for me is Lou Gehrig. But as I've said on the podcast, like anyone who says like George Mikan is better than LeBron, (laughs) (laughs) that's ridiculous. You know, Lou Gehrig played almost 100 years ago, and as great as he was, I think you're right. I think that uh, you could make the argument. I'm going to think more about that. Debbie Gammons-Brown, DGB, is up next. She writes in, how much do you think the Bogarts contract situation affected the Red Sox on the field this season, Buster? AL East champions in 2021 to AL East seller dwellers in 2022. Yeah, in the end, the, the Red Sox pitching was the problem. Uh, but I would say this, that, that uh, the contract stuff and who you invest in and players that got away, uh, that was absolutely cancerous. And, and I, you, you felt that when we were around the Red Sox at the trade deadline or leading up to the trade deadline in Houston, and you felt the disconnect between the front office and the players, that really was borne out. You know, the, that confused look on the face of Christian Vasquez mm-hmm. as he was uncertain about what was going to happen. Um, and it's something that they're going to have to get better at going forward. Last one for today. Dominic at only four Schwenk writes, and I believe Alex A and the Braves should get Jacob DeGrom for five years and $250 million this winter. Thoughts, P.S. The Mets can't get Judge and DeGrom. And I think the Mets are going all out for the best bat on the market. Yeah, here's my thought on that. Two things. When the Braves agreed to the deal with Charlie Morton the other day, one year and $20 million, I think that pretty much takes him out of Jacob DeGrom conversation. We've talked for the last three months Mm. about how, you know, the Braves potentially could be a good landing spot. They don't need him. 
And I do wonder if you gave truth serum to people in the Braves front office, if by giving Charlie Morton that one-year contract, they know that they are sort of veering around all the you know idiots like me who are going to talk about Degrom and the and the Braves and the pressure and Adam Wainwright, you know who uh, you know grew up in Georgia. Uh, they they're not done. Like they are done in terms of putting together their pitching staff for next year. Maybe they'll sign a reliever, but the starting pitching that's set. And as I joked with Dansby Swanson last night, I'm like, well, it's all about you this winter and whether or not you're going to resign with the team. Oh, and about the other thing too. I mean, you look at the Mets this weekend. I talked about with Tim about their lack of power. Um, I absolutely think when you look at what's available to the Mets in the offseason, and you have Steve Cohen saying he's willing to you know do whatever it takes to win a World Series, there's no doubt Aaron Judge is a perfect fit for what they need. And I think everyone's going to be fascinated to see if, in fact, the Mets jump in and have that conversation. The Yankee fans could not handle Aaron Judge getting walked this weekend. Can you imagine the uproar no. if he went across wow. town? That would be just be no. something. That that uh, it would be crazy to see a bidding war between the Mets and the Yankees. It'd be fascinating. It'd be fun from a media perspective. But man, the Yankees and Mets fans would be going at it. Indeed. All right. Thanks for writing in, everyone. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. We'll be back on Wednesday. That's it for today. My thanks to Tim, Sarah, Adi, Sarah, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.